Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We're in the last part of our series for this month uh, at the movies. What we've been doing is every weekend we've been featuring a movie and using that movie as an illustration, uh, bringing out principles from those movies that reinforce some of the principles that, that we see in the scriptures and the word of God. And much like Jesus did, if you remember Jesus when he taught in the parables, would use illustrations to get people to kind of lift up their eyes and get a, a, a grasp on the principles that he was teaching. This weekend we're featuring this movie, The Black Panther. Um, it is a story about a fictional nation uh, this small country called Wakanda. And to all outside appearances, from outside appearances, it seems like this is a very backward, very uh, third world nation. They really don't have much to offer the world. <laughs> the truth is the exact opposite. And what, they're, what they've done is uh, it has been intentionally hidden from the rest of the world so that they could benefit from um, this high level of technology, this advanced technology. It's based very much on the story, the, the myth, if you if you've know anything about the myth of Atlantis, and I call it a myth because we don't know for sure if it ever existed. You know, there is a myth and a legend that this, this uh, civilization existed thousands of years ago uh, called Atlantis, and it was supposedly located uh, right outside of the Mediterranean into the Atlantic Ocean, and it was supposed to be a culture of very, very high technology, uh, way beyond anything that is even known today. And so it's kind of the same story with Wakanda. Uh, they have advanced technology that's superior to every, every other nation on the earth. Uh, the individual that we saw in the trailer here uh, is a, a gentleman named T'Challa, who is the current king of Wakanda. He has the power of what they call the Black Panther. Obviously, it's a superhero character. And he has a special suit that was designed for him. Uh, that causes him to be able to have supernatural powers. Uh, his father, T'Chaka, was assassinated, and therefore T'Challa is now the king. Now, the story all centers around this fictional uh, substance that supposedly came from outer space in the form of an asteroid thousands of years before. It's called, they call it vibranium. Uh, it supposedly uh, gives him the supernatural powers and abilities unlike any other metal, any other substance on the earth. Now remember, this is just a story, okay? And uh, it is this metal that gives him the supernatural. <laughs> some, some people say, oh, wow. <clears throat> this is what gives him the supernatural power. This is what gives him abilities uh, to accomplish things that are virtually impossible for us as uh, human beings. Uh, this is a thing that they have protected. Uh, their entire economy um, is based on the, the technology produced from this substance called vibranium. The question in the movie that reoccurs is what should they do with this substance, with this vibranium? Uh, there is a group of individuals that want to keep it for themselves and maintain the longstanding tradition hundreds of years and thousands of years of not letting this become available to the outside world. There is a faction, however, who believes it's irresponsible for them that they should have the responsibility and take on uh, the lead in the world as far as the technology and it affects every area of life according to them. And so there's this, there's this battle back and forth between these factions of what's going to happen. Um, Wakanda 
only flourishes because of this secret substance, this vibranium. That's the only thing that keeps him going. Now, T'Challa, the new king, has his doubts that maybe vibranium and its benefits should be shared. And maybe the world needs the benefits of vibranium, but not everyone is in agreement, and so it causes friction there. Uh, there is one individual that pops up in the story who uh, is determined to take this, this substance, this vibranium, and use it for weapons and therefore take over the entire world. It's the same old story, okay? We know this story. We've seen this story many times before. However, what I want to bring to your attention is this concept. They have something that is very special. They have something that's very rare. They have something that the rest of the world needs, something that's going to relieve the burdens in people's lives and, and bring people back from the dead and just heal diseases and just make economies flourish, yet they're holding on to it themselves. Church, are you getting the picture? We have something on the inside of us that's very special. We have a person living inside of us, if you're a believer today, that has the capability and the power and the love and the compassion, and he desires for us to release him into the world that needs him. Amen? Yeah. Listen to Matthew chapter 5. Verse 14, an excerpt taken from the Sermon of the Mount as it's recorded for us in the Word of God. Jesus made this statement to the disciples and to the multitudes that were there that day. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. In other words, it's put in a place of prominence so that it gives light to all who are in the house. And then he goes on to say in verse 16, he gives a command, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Church, we have the gospel, and the gospel carries benefits. The benefits of the gospel need to be distributed, need to be dispensed, need to be made available to those that are still walking in darkness. Amen? Amen. Now, we had the benefit of the gospel. But if we study and research and just, just observe, you don't have to even go beneath the surface. If we observe the behaviors of Christians, for the most part, very few of us are sharing this secret, are sharing this message, this power that we carry within us, we are very much like the Wakandans, we are very content to enjoy the benefits ourselves, to make sure that we benefit from it, we profit from it, that it's, it's helping us, it's making life better for us. And yet many times we fail to take pity or have compassion on someone who has not experienced this, contrary to the fact that someone at some point in your life took pity on you and had compassion on you and recognized that God wanted to reach your heart and move beyond the, their comfort zone to bring that benefit into your life. I think we owe uh, a debt of gratitude to the individuals that brought the gospel to us, but even more so, we have an obligation and a responsibility to God Almighty to take that message and to bring it everywhere possible. Amen? amen. You might as well say amen, because I'm not gonna let out upon this. <laughs> so, what, so what ends up happening is if you're like the rest of us, 
God will move on your heart and maybe put someone in your life and will give you some inside information sometimes. He'll even show you on the inside what that individual or that family or that couple is going through with the motivation that he wants you to get involved in their lives. He wants you to bring that secret power that you have into that person's life. And what we do is something like this. Oh God, I realize that you're speaking to me and you're putting this person in my heart, but you know, Lord, it's just my life is so busy and I don't know what to say and I don't know what they're gonna do and how they're gonna receive it. And you know, I, 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 I may lose their friendship and all this other stuff. And so then we get really spiritual we get really spiritual, and then we start praying like this. Oh, God, you said that you're the Lord of the harvest, and so you said for us to pray to the Lord of the harvest. So, Lord of the harvest, we're praying that you will send somebody else into that person's <laughs> life. And then we, go, you know, we walk away content. You know, we, I prayed. I prayed for them. There's only one problem. God told you to go speak to them. And there's a reason why God tells you sometimes to go speak to them. Because you may be the person that they're going to relate to. You may, be, you may have the, the perfect personality. You may have the perfect life story that they're going to re relate to you and they're going to drop their guard and they're going to open up their heart and they're going to receive Jesus. Amen. We have a responsibility. I am so grateful for the little, little business lady that came to my place of business over 30 some odd years ago and spent two and a half hours with me on a Tuesday afternoon to tell me about this Jesus that I thought I knew. I thought I knew him. I was raised in a denominational church. I was raised, went, to, went to Catholic school, went to mass every day, went to mass on Sunday. I thought I knew the whole routine. I knew how to pray. I knew which saint to pray for whatever problem you have. Let's look it up here. What is it? Are we, are we missing something? Like it's saint this one. Is there pregnancy? Saint this. I had, all the, I had all the materials. But for two and a half hours, this woman spoke to me about a Jesus that I never knew that I had never heard about before. I knew he died on the cross, I knew about all that, and I thank God for our roots. I'm not bashing our roots, I thank God for our roots. But I thank God for the person who brought me the reality of the gospel, of the truth, that Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to die on the cross for us. He was willing to shed his blood for us. And not only that, but then when we receive him, his spirit comes to live inside of us, and very much like the Wakandans, we have this secret power now on the inside of us. Jesus called it mountain-moving power. Amen. And you've got it in you if you're a believer today. Amen? Amen? Now we understand that within the church world, that there are some individuals that don't know how or just are not capable of bringing the message in love. And that's an unfortunate thing. Because sometimes we do more damage when we try to bring the message without bringing it in love. And so you and I both know people. Some of us may have been those people. I know I was in the very beginning, just bashing people over the head with the Bible. I found out it doesn't work. It pushes people further away. I don't know if you've had that experience. But there are people that just get very legalistic about it. And just every letter of the, of, the, of the law, always want to enforce the law. Well, you can't do that. And you're not supposed to be doing that. You're, you shouldn't like this and all this other stuff. And what kind of Christian are you? And those messages push people away. And I pray to God that if you've ever conducted yourself that way, that you just go to God and tell him to forgive you. And go to those people that you, you damage and tell them to forgive you. But the point is this. We have a message. We have, I don't want to put it this way because it might sound 
uh, irreverent, but we have a substance at our fingertips that the world needs, your neighbors need, your family members need, your coworkers need. And thank God that someone in your life loved you enough and cared about you enough and was willing to obey God to bring that message to you, that they didn't hoard it. So T'Challa wants to use vibranium to heal and to renew what has been broken and to, and to relieve the pressure in a hurting world. He believes that the supernatural power of these things can change people's lives. I want you to follow this next clip as we go into it. I want to explain a little bit ahead of time. There's a CIA agent named Ross, and he's been investigating the rumors about this vibranium. And unfortunately, he gets caught in a gun battle. He takes a bullet to his spine and becomes paralyzed. Let's pick up from here and see how this scene plays out. So, the most important statement in that clip, I don't know if you picked it up or not, is the king, T'Challa, makes this statement. We cannot let him die knowing that we can save him. Church, how do we sit back and let the lost, the people that we know have never heard the gospel, how do we sit back and just let them slip off into eternity without Christ? How can we sit back and watch the addict overdose? How do we just sit back and spectate when the unborn never get to see the light of day? How do we just sit back and spectate when we know that we can help them? The message of the gospel, the power of the gospel itself brings healing. It repairs people. It renews people by the redeeming love of Christ. But the redeeming love of Christ can only be manifested in this world through people. It's not going to come from a cloud. God's not going to send an angel to reveal it. He's only got one plan, and that's us. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The Apostle Paul makes this powerful statement. For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Now, let's backtrack for a couple of minutes here. This story... Black Panther, is based on a classic story. We've seen it before. We've heard it before. We've seen the Superman movies. We've seen the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy, one of my favorite. It's the same story like any other superhero. All these stories are the product of an individual or a group of individuals that tapped into, even unknowingly have tapped into, this residue on the inside, this knowing that there is a God and that the world that we live in is not in good shape and that someday this person is going to step out of a realm or come from another world. It's going to look like us but he's going to be different. 
And he's gonna come to rescue us and he's gonna come to restore us and he's gonna bring the planet back to its original glory. And that's why we're drawn to these type of stories and to these movies. Every culture, every civilization has carried a remnant of that knowledge. Let me read you a scripture from Ecclesiastes chapter three. In verse 11, I want you to listen closely to this. Yet God has, has made everything beautiful for its own time. Listen to the next phrase. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. We have planted in our hearts an understanding, a knowing, a realization that there's something more than just what meets the eye. There is something more about our lives, that there is, a, there is someone who loves us, who cares for us, who wants to rescue us. Every culture, every civilization carries a remnant of that in their hearts. There is a knowing. We carry a spiritual hunger within us, and so that's why we're drawn to these kind of stories. Listen to Romans chapter one, verse 19. The Apostle Paul, talking about mankind from his very beginnings. They know the truth about God because he had made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God. But they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks, and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people, birds and animals and reptiles. He's talking about all the belief systems from the beginning of time, even up until today. We have a knowing on the inside that we need a hero. Someone that's going to come from another world, someone that's gonna step into this realm, and save us. Someone who's gonna return this planet back to what it was supposed to be like. Even unbelievers, even people who reject the gospel carry a sense of justice and a desire to help others. Now listen to me, I'm not saying that mankind is inherently good. I know there's some places that teach that. There's some denominations that teach that. You know, man inherently is really good. That's contrary to the scriptures. Scriptures tell us in Romans chapter three, verse 23, all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. You may be much better than me. You might be a great person compared to me. But when we all have to be compared to God, none of us are gonna match up. None of us are gonna fulfill that standard. So what I'm saying is this. Again, I'm not saying that man inherently is good. But what I'm stating to you is this, man inherently is spiritually hungry. We have a hunger within us to know the truth. And if you've been that type of person, that you're just on a search for truth, and maybe you came here today just, just for that reason, to search out some truth, God honors that. And God, if you'll keep your heart right and you'll keep pursuing him and keep, keep wanting to know him, he will reveal yourself, himself to you in a way like you've never experienced before. I read a book many years ago entitled Eternity in Their Hearts. It's written by a man named Don Richardson. 
who was a missionary. He tells many stories about groups of people all around the world in which their belief system, you can trace a thread of the gospel of Christianity. He talked about a man who lived hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus came to the earth. This man's name was Epimenides. He was an ancient prophet who lived on the island of Crete. In about six or 700 years BC, there was a plague that broke out in the city of Athens, threatening to decimate the population. The elders of the city came together and they began to discuss, what are we gonna do? Population is just dwindling. They had prayed to every god they knew, they had made sacrifices to every god they knew, and the plague was still ravaging the city. Finally, someone stood up and said, I heard about this man who lives on the island of Crete, Epimenides, and they sent for him. And he came to Athens, and he observed everything that was going on, and he came to them and said, I want you to get a bunch of sheep together. Don't feed them. Lock them away overnight. The next morning, release them into a beautiful patch of just nice, green, delicious-looking grass, you know, if you're a sheep. And he said, and the one who just lays down and does not begin to devour the grass, take that one and sacrifice that lamb. Sound familiar? When they did that, the plague stopped, and they erected a monument and entitled it to the unknown God. If you read the book of Acts, hundreds of years later, the Apostle Paul comes to Athens, and he notices on the way in this monument to the unknown God, and he uses that as a launching pad to preach the gospel to them of this God that they did not know who saved them from the plague. Every culture in the world has some form, some thread of the knowledge, and that's where these stories come from. It's very near to our hearts. There was a group back in, in I believe, in, uh, during World War II, if I remember one of the stories correctly, this pilot, Navy pilot, was either shot down or crashed onto a very remote, deserted island. They thought it was deserted, but there was a population of individuals there, living there, had had no contact with the outside world. And when they saw this plane come overhead and crash into the jungle there, they went out and welcomed him as their God, because they had been waiting thousands of years for this one that would come. And all they could ask him in, in their sign language was they were looking for a book. They were looking for the book because they were told that someday this man would come and bring their book, which had been long lost to them ages before. In the final clip of this movie, we see that T'Challa, the king, realizes that it indeed is his responsibility to take this power, Wakanda's technology, to the rest of the hurting world. Let's see this final clip. Jesus walked into the synagogue in Nazareth and made this proclamation based on Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and to provide those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, 
a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And when he was done reading this, they had the same question. Who are you? Even though they had known him from the time he was a child, they didn't see him in that light. We are the ambassadors of good news. They are waiting for us to bring them this news, to bring deliverance, to bring the power of the kingdom that resides on the inside of us. And the truth is, church, if you remember nothing else this weekend, I pray that you remember this. There is a hidden kingdom that exists in the heart of every believer in Christ. Although hidden from the eyes of the lost, it exists primarily to restore mankind back to the prominent place that we had held in the heart of God. That is the power that resides in us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, one and only son, that whoever believed in him will not perish but have eternal life. That is the message that the world needs. That is the message that's been entrusted to us. We cannot be like the Wakandans and just hoard this, hold on to it, benefit from it. Our lives have gotten better. Our family lives have gotten better. And we just not care about anyone else. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 are the words of Jesus before he ascended into heaven. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. There's an evidence that accompanies us when we say we're believers. Jesus said, in my name, they, the ones who believe, will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on the sick, and they will get well. And after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven. He sat at the right hand of God. Verse 20, which extends down to today. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord from heaven worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied them. Believers, disciples of Christ, we have a responsibility to take this message and bring it all over this planet. We have a responsibility to take that power that resides inside of us and bring it to those that are wounded and hurting, those that are broken, those that are beaten down, those that have been captured by darkness. It is up to us to take this power, to take his name, to take this story, the gospel, and bring it to everyone we possibly can. I'm going to ask you again, who are you? Are you a believer? Are you a disciple of Christ? Then we have a responsibility before God, to not to hoard, but to bring this message to everyone that will listen. It's not our responsibility for them to respond. It is our responsibility to bring the message. It's their responsibility to respond. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today.